Today's episode is sponsored in part by Sweeter Heater. Sweeter Heater products provide a soft, safe, gentle, infrared radiant heat to your new poultry friends. Bev and I have both been using ours for meat chickens and goslings, and I don't know about you, Bev, but I'll never go back to a heat lamp again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sweeter Heater has no hot spots and develops a uniform heat pattern. It's designed to warm the animal, not the environment, and is fully adjustable to maintain the ideal comfort level for your choice in baby poultry. Join us and upgrade your feathered friends with Sweeter Heater. Go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKANDFARM, all in lowercase, to get 15% off one or more heaters. What you drinking today? I just opened a North High Brewing Company cover crop. Mm. It is a beer that I've had on the podcast before, but they had it at the store. So I picked up some more. Actually, my husband picked up some more. I can't take credit for this. (laughs) And this beer is brewed in collaboration with the Ohio Farm Bureau. Nice. I love that. So what are you drinking over there? So I made a coffee concoction today. Mm. Um, So I have one Tim Hortons K-cup worth of coffee, um, a tablespoon of brown sugar. So I put that brown sugar in and then brewed the coffee. And then I put in a Stevia packet. And then I put in a shot and a half of Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Oh, yum. <laughs> and then a shot glass full of French vanilla creamer. So it's a little sweet, but <laughs> I figured it's kind of early right now. So, and I only had one cup of coffee so far. So I was like, I'm just going to like Google on the internet and make something up as I go. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not something I would order at a bar. I'll say that. I am not a bartender, guys. <laughs> I actually, I can't do creamer with my liquor. Like, I don't know how to describe it. There's something about, like, Like, get curly. Yeah, milk and, like, liquor just, like, doesn't go well in my stomach. Like, I almost never drink, like, Irish coffees or anything like that. Like, Irish car bombs. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Even thinking about that makes me go. (laughs) We used to do those all the time when I was in college. And I don't know how I did it. Because, like, I think I attempted one a couple years ago, which I'm, like, you know, post-college quite a bit now. (laughs) And I was like how did I how did my stomach handle this before it's just so much liquid and if you don't drink it fast enough it curdles luckily for this this is non-dairy creamer so (laughs) oh good (laughs) that's a little better it's a little better on the stomach yeah uh yeah the only thing I can think of is that in our 20s our stomachs were made of iron yeah and now they're just like nope just full of nope (laughs) it's full of nope (laughs) My stomach's full of nope. (laughs) And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. From hobby farmers to large-scale real deal farmers. 
We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. And we keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain. so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents or just talk too much. So yeah. we cut all of that and throw it up on the Patreon. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We have way too much fun doing this. And sometimes we want to spare you our our silliness. But some people are into that. And if you're into that sort of thing, you can go to patreon.com slash drink and farm and join as a Patreon Uh, You can do that starting at $2 a month. And there are multiple levels after that that have some incentives behind them, like our $5 level and above getting their Patreon gifts this month. Oh, yes. I'm so excited about that. And I'm super thankful that everyone was really patient with us this month because I know you guys are really excited for the gifts. So uh, they're done. I have to take them to the post office today. Which is Thursday. So by the time this drops, they should be in the mail. I just have to make sure that I put the postage on them right. And there's one that goes to Canada. So I have to buy like a special stamp for that because I don't keep those on hand. (laughs) Boring stuff. (laughs) Yes, but they're super cute. You should be excited. Um, And we do this like every three to four months. So the next round will most likely be like end of summer, beginning of fall-ish. So... Sign up as a Patreon at $5 or above if you want in on the next round. We also have other levels, like you can get a t-shirt every month. So if you haven't checked out patreon.com slash drinkandfarm, you should probably just go do that to see what you can get out of us other than free comedy every Friday. (laughs) Other than drinking and farming comedy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of the Patreon, our drink peep for this episode is Molly K, which is at hippie underscore hens underscore hacienda. So cheers, lady. And we do have an opening in our drink sponsorships. So if anyone wants to sponsor our drinks, now's the time to do it because those get full really fast. Hurry, hurry, go. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought that we would give you guys some updates on our pandemic projects. We've talked about those a while ago and here and there throughout the past couple weeks. Um, So we're doing a variety of things and taking advantage of the unique situation we are all in. Um, and just really digging our heels into the farm stuff. So we're just going to do some updates about that today. We hope that you found yourself having some fun during the pandemic project wise while you are self quarantining. Um, so please share those in our Facebook group. Somebody did make a nice post yesterday about how they feel like they're really able to take the farm thing serious now. Or they're kind of like recommitting to it because of what's going on um, in the time that has been allowed for them to do that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, if we get enough of them, maybe we can do a a mini-sode on what everybody else is working on. So, yeah, share it with us. You can leave it on our voicemail, too, if you don't want to type it. (laughs) Yeah. But remember, there is a three-minute limit on that. So if you go past three minutes, you're going to have to call back. (laughs) Yeah. leave more messages yes so sam what kind of projects or what what's the first project that you want to talk about uh that you've been doing over the last it's i think yesterday was day 40 for us here oh gosh so 
yeah, I'm keeping track like that because I'm an insane person. <laughs> well, it's like Noah's Ark. <laughs> yeah. 40 days and nights yes. of this. <laughs> of being stuck on a boat, essentially. <laughs> okay. Um, so first things first, our, ha- our goslings hatched. Yay. Yay. Unfortunately, uh, two of them died. Oh. <laughs> um, now, the interesting thing about goslings is that I had to help, like, four out of the eight that did hatch. I had to help, oh, wow. like, half of them. And I did read somewhere else or saw on Instagram, maybe, that they're a little more tricky to hatch. And generally, the mama goose helps out a little bit, um, which makes sense. So I got to play mama goose. Um, unfortunately, two of them that I helped hatch died, but the other two... Um, seemed to be doing just fine. And then we had two eggs quit and they never pipped at all. Um, okay. So that's pretty good for my first hatch there and hand turning and all that fun stuff for like 20 some days. I think it was like 27, 28 days. Um, and now we have six goslings hanging out in my bathroom <laughs> in a big tub within my tub. Um, so we'll hang out there probably until this weekend, and then I might try to move that tub out to the barn um, because they're starting to make more of a mess and get a little stinkier faster. Yeah, it's like they hit that one week mark, and then it's like, oh god, you guys are growing so big already. <laughs> you like can't get out of the house, can't stop pooping in the house. <laughs> yes, and your water is going everywhere now. So. Anybody doing the gosling thing or the duckling thing right now, I do highly recommend that in their water area, you take an extra large puppy pad um, and put that down, put shavings on top of it, and then put the water on top of that because it's easy just to pick up the corners of that puppy pad and throw them in a garbage and not have to change out the whole pen right away. And then, of course, I use First Saturday Lime to help soak up any remaining moisture um, that definitely helps make that clean out job take like five minutes instead of probably like 15, 20. If I tried to do the whole thing awkwardly in the tub within the tub. <laughs> Bending over your tub. And yeah. you're like, why aren't I soaking in this tub? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's filled with goslings. <laughs> right. Exactly. So how many eggs did you set? Ten. I can't remember. Ten. Okay. So that's actually really good. So mm-hmm. all ten of them were fertile and yeah. actually started developing. Yeah. Which that's was crazy. Cool. It was crazy. And they were all moving around until lockdown. So those two, you know, sometimes they're just not strong enough um, to get out of the shell or pip at all. And you kind of have to make the decision of, okay, I can help this living being get out but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to survive because maybe there's a reason why they're struggling to get out and it's just that they're underdeveloped or something's wrong with them in general um just a failure to thrive kind of situation um so i kind of knew helping them that it could end badly (laughs) but yeah um but two of them are doing just fine so for me personally it would it was worth that risk and the sadness that i felt of the other two dying um because it meant that the other two you know got to live because i helped them so if you're gonna do that just be mentally prepared um i feel like 
I am a little more mentally hardened at this point in my own farm journey because of all the chicken death we've had. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. So it's still sad though when something so small and so cute dies. Like oh my god. Oh yeah, it's totally an awful feeling. You know, I know exactly. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's funny. It it almost doesn't matter though how often I do this or how much I know that those things happen and that it's just like part of Mother Nature's process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It still like really upsets me when it happens. And I don't know if I'll reach a point where it doesn't upset me right. when it happens. I think that helps mean that I'm still human, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not a farm robot. <laughs> I think I'm still sad about it, too. I think it's just my way of handling it is different than it was when I first started. Like, the first time a chicken died, I think it had, like, sour crop. Oh, yeah. And I read on the internet that you should try to make it throw up. Oh. Well, they can also aspirate when you do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that, I, like, bald. And bawled and bawled for like a day after my first chicken died because I was so emotionally attached to them. And I still am. But now I just realize it's part of the process. You know, unless you're intentionally trying to hurt them, you can't personalize the death. Yeah. Because more than likely you did everything that you could. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Yeah. So I hatched some things also this during this pandemic. Ooh, tell me more about that. So what I did, it was funny. It was actually, it was all inspired while I was editing the episode where we talked about you starting the gosling eggs. And I was like, oh, hey, if I start chicken eggs, like now, they'll be hatching around the same time that Sam's goslings are hatching, you know, because goslings take a little longer than chicks do. So I went onto my pet chickens website and I ordered 10 of the friendliest breed hatching eggs that they have. And I was really excited about them. I like told my husband, I was like, hey, I'm going to order some hatching eggs. Do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> and so we got them and we got them all set up in, in, the, um, in the incubator and whatnot. And I was so now that I am all past it, I'm really happy with like how the whole thing went, even though if you look at like the numbers and the numbers that hatched, you'd like think like, why are you happy about that? That doesn't sound very good. But they were shipped eggs. Mm-hmm. And shipped eggs are already tough to begin with because yes. like you have no control over how the post office is going to treat them. And they were wrapped really well. Like when I opened the box, I was really impressed. Each egg was individually wrapped in bubble wrap. I was like, oh, wow, this is like... <laughs> This is like hardcore packaging. Yeah. But my post office didn't follow the instructions to call me <laughs> and have me pick them up at the post office. So these poor eggs spent like the whole day in the car, you know, like getting bounced around like to deliver mail at everybody's house. And like everyone's driveway is like mine around here. So it's like it was a rough it was a rough ride, I'm sure. But out of those 10, seven of them developed. So it was like, wow, like that's, that's really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah. And we had five that started to hatch so we had five pips and four of them actually fully hatched and we had one die the next day from unknown reasons and i have no idea what it was yeah it was poor carrots we were so poor sad carrots. about carrots because like i have a picture of her you know she's all fluffy and happy and healthy so yeah. i just like have no idea what happened she just was laying in the brooder the next day not mm. doing so well 
And the one that pipped that didn't hatch, I actually tried to help that egg because that one was mystical. My daughter named an egg before it hatched. Oh. I'm never going to let her do that again because I like <laughs> obsessed over that egg. Like, you know, like I candled it like a million times. I'm like, this egg has to be alive and it has to hatch because my eight-year-old named it. <laughs> it was a big mistake. <laughs> Don't name your chickens before they hatch. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes. So she had pipped and like all the other chickens, it was really weird. All the other chickens came over to like help them. Have you seen that before? I, the goslings actually did that. Yeah, <laughs> it's each other. super weird. I it, like, I was like, don't, you're going to hurt them. You're going to eat them. But I was like, well, I can't open it and intervene. Yeah. So this is what would happen in a nest. So I guess I'll just <laughs> let it happen. Um, and they tried to help her, but she like did this weird thing where she like, I don't know, like packed the same spot over and over yeah. again, even though she had not like she wasn't moving around in the egg to like zip around mm-hmm. but she looked like she's trying to peck to zip and then she's just really still and I was like oh no that yeah. doesn't look like that was good and I did I tried to help and I did end up like unwrapping her out of the eggs I kind of wanted to see you know mm-hmm. like was there anything wrong and there was um like a big like clotting of like blood around her wing oh so something happened in there and that must have been like when she like packed a lot so i don't know if she like got stuck in there and like you know ripped a vein or something just burst or something was wrong or something didn't develop all the way like it's impossible to tell so i buried her under uh, the lilac bushes oh no oh. not lilac bushes uh they're the day lilies that are in our compost pile because oh. day lilies have overtaken our compost pile so nice. that's where all of the animals get buried now is in the compost pile to compost and so that's what i did with mystical um but that was my first time trying to help an egg hatch and I don't I don't like it it makes me very uncomfortable it's not a good feeling because I'm like this is this is tiny and very fragile and I have big clumsy fingers (laughs) (laughs) yeah goslings are a lot easier to help hatch than chickens are because they're they're like the eggs are a really good size and the gosling itself is pretty big when it pops out of the egg so (laughs) yeah oh yeah for sure I think I might try to do ducks next i'm thinking about it because i could use some decks around here yes and it would be fun do it (laughs) more poultry so what else are you working on over there so uh, a couple weeks ago we discovered that harley was pregnant and she is diana's daughter um and we, I think what happened was Waffles has his breeding apron and it was working for a really great amount of time. And then around November, December, it got a little small. And oh. he was like such a big fan of Harley and he was like constantly harassing her around that time. Oh. And like we had her on the stand, the goat milking stand a couple weeks ago when we were doing ivermectin injections and my husband was like, oh my God, I think she's pregnant. But I like put my hand on her side and I was like, I don't feel anything. You're crazy. Because she's still kind of like normal sized. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed like a couple weeks ago, ah, crap. Her udder looks like it's getting bigger. But just like <laughs> a little. So I couldn't tell because she's like just over a year old. I was like, I couldn't tell if it was just like normal. Yeah. Because she's getting a little older and has just a little one. But I felt her side and then I felt something kick. And I was like, mother effer. <laughs> so all the girls are separate right now <laughs> yes yeah um but we put her in um 
in her own little pen and it was probably like a week of her being by herself and then she went into labor and she was she was a tricky little bitch she was like had discharge and stuff like that morning that last friday morning and i was like oh my gosh i can't feel ligaments like at all anymore and she's got this discharge coming out and oh my gosh it's probably gonna be like two hours it was like 12 hours later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> After I'd been out in the barn with her for an hour and a half. And I was like, you know what? Like, she's doing the up-down thing. I'll just come back out in an hour and see how she's doing. And I came back out in an hour and she was cleaning off a baby. So. Oh. <laughs> I think she just wanted to do it in private. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't need you looking at me. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good to know, though, that, like, they can oh, yeah. just, like, deliver by themselves. Because, you know, I've got the two goats that we bred and Coop Camp has been rescheduled mm-hmm. and it's rescheduled over when one of them is supposed to give birth. But I have yeah. a volunteer to help Jared <laughs> while I'm gone. If she does go into labor while I'm gone, because like I was torn, I hate to miss it. Right. Because like I want to be here to like help and what if something goes wrong or whatnot. But like I can leave really detailed instructions for like baby goats and what to do. Oh, and, yeah. and we're going to have one give birth before I go. So we'll have like You'll that experience us. under our, be- <laughs> our belt. Yeah. I will have some practice. But I like thought to myself, I'm like, we only do this coop camp thing like once a year. Yeah. So like we want to go because that's how we get to hang out with everybody. So We'll see. She might not even be pregnant, but, you know, because goats are hard to tell. (laughs) Yeah. You should definitely know about, like, the month before coop camp if she is or not just by looking at her. Well, and I think I'm going to I'm going to do a blood draw on them to send it off to a lab and find out because then I'll just know for sure because I know what day they were bred. So I'll know what their due date is. Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, I've got like marked on a calendar. You're doing this like the right way. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Mine are all whoops. Oh, yep. Here we go. (laughs) more babies (laughs) I'm just a control freak when it comes to like certain things yeah and I've just come to realize that there are just some things you can't control especially if you don't prioritize how you you know handle your animals and keep them together or not (laughs) (sighs) yeah I mean I don't have any bucks so like I can't accidentally have goats yeah so (laughs) yeah that's true but the good news is before Harley had her baby, we did sell two of our bucklings out of the four that I plan on getting rid of. And now somebody at work is potentially interested in at least one of the other bucklings. Oh, um, good. Yeah. So I'm hoping soon we'll just be able to get rid of those four boys. And then we'll have Jigsaw from the Halloween babies. I get to keep him. Oh, yay. And then... Uh, Alexis Rose is what I've named this new one, which is a <laughs> nod to Shit's Creek. Yeah. Um, because she is very fashionable running around in a little red hoodie right now because it was very cold the other <laughs> night. So I put a little sweater on her. I just said, yeah, like I know what Shit's Creek is. <laughs> <laughs> you should know. That's your homework. Tiger is King. That my, uh, Tiger, <laughs> Tiger King, King and Shit's Creek. <laughs> I don't know. We're on day 40 of, of quarantine and I haven't watched anything oh yet. <laughs> and we just got done watching some other hot garbage on Netflix last night, too. And I'm just like, oh, what am I going to watch next? <laughs> hot garbage. It's so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's called Too Hot to Handle, and it's a train wreck. Oh, man. And it will make you never want to enter the dating world ever again. <sighs> You're welcome. Yeah. Anyways, so that was fun. 
um, to have that new baby um, on the farm. And I did not want to name her Rona or Corona. So. No. <laughs> so I went with something cute. I like that. No, that was good. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> so what else do you have on your plate right now, Bev? Uh, I also got some meat chickens. Those were the ones that I uh, purchased from TSC, you know, like right before shit really hit the fan around here. Um, And this round of meat chickens has been a little different because it's way earlier in the season than I did from last time. So it's been colder and the weather has been kind of a pain. And unfortunately, I had two of the meat chickens die from what I think was coccidiosis. You know, like without... Uh, you know, like a culture or whatever. I'll never know for sure right. if that's what it was. Um, but, you know, brooders are like the perfect place to develop that kind of bacteria. You know, they're like moist and hot and like cramped. <laughs> so this round has been really difficult because um, I want to move them outside and pasture them. And I haven't been able to. Like they're in the barn still and they're five weeks old today they're either five or six weeks old I'm not 100% sure (laughs) I don't know how many weeks it's been but like they're kind of getting close to processing age and they're still inside and I'm like I'm just I'm gonna move you guys outside anyways because now the temps are warm it's just raining right and they have shelter in their um in their tractor so like I should just take them out because then they can go in the rain if they want to or they can have shelter if they want to because they've got the option so so they're getting kind of dirty like being in the barn in their thing and I'm like ew like you guys are so gross yeah (laughs) I can only imagine (laughs) yeah so we have 11 out of the 13 and they're looking healthy um and I'll totally do some more this year I, I enjoy raising my own chicken for processing. I don't enjoy the processing part, um, but I do like just like how uh, – what's what I'm looking for? Like I feel like I can do things, you know. You feel empowered. <laughs> when I do this. Yes, I feel very empowered. <laughs> like I take this like thing from like this little tiny like baby animal and create, you know, like whole meals, like multiple yeah. whole meals out of one of them, which is kind of a cool thing. So It's very yeah. cool. And you've got some plant things going on over there, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I this is my first go around of seed starting ever. And I was a little nervous, to be honest with you. But I got a lot of different flower varieties because I like to plant flowers. And I didn't do that last year out front because financially, I just couldn't afford to spend like two, three hundred dollars on flowers. Yeah, it's expensive. Oh, Buying yeah. flowers for pots every year is no joke. Well, this isn't even pots. This is like up front. Oh. In the big, like in the smallish. It's not very big space, but, it, you know, flowers, you need quite a few of them if you have a decent sized space. So, yeah. And I have bougie taste. So, <laughs> so I like the fancy flowers. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I got a bunch of seeds from MI Gardener and I was like, you know what? I'll just try seed starting flowers. Little did I know that seeds for flowers are like so freaking tiny. Yeah. You need like tweezers. Yeah. I had to. (laughs) And then I got impatient with some of mine and like started just kind of like dumping a little bit in each peat pellet. And now I have like a billion little sprouts in some of my peat pellets. So I'm going to have to cut them back. Yeah. But yeah, so, uh, but that's going to save me so much money because like all of the flowers have sprouted and I'm like, oh, God. oh my gosh, this is amazing. 
Um, so once that one tray of like 72 became successful and I had, I got my lights from Amazon that Bev uses too. Um, so I got those going and then I also started these purple beans. I can't remember exactly what they're called, but they're purple and it's funny to me. And I think the stepkids will like it if I ever get yeah. to see them again. Oh, I know. <laughs> Slackdown is nuts. Um, <sighs> and then we have rainbow Swiss chard, uh, tomatoes, peppers, and canning cucumbers and they're sprouting too. Um, and they're alive and I'm excited and it's fun and I don't know why I didn't do this sooner, but like eventually I'm going to have to put them into like different containers and I hope I don't kill anything when I transplant <laughs> either. So, Well, what's really nice about the peat pellets, and this is the reason why I really like this method, is it's pretty low... Um, What's I'm looking for? I'm having trouble with words today, apparently. It's like really low shock to uh, them because uh-huh. you get to plant the whole peat pellet into your next spot. So uh-huh. I've had on my list for the last two weeks to up pot all my tomatoes and peppers and I haven't done it yet. Um, but what I do is I have these compostable pots. They're like little like three inch pots that are uh-huh. compostable. I fill those with my soil and I wet them down and then I just pop the little peat pellet in it and I'm just really careful to put the soil over the top of the peat pellet, um, but not over the stem of the plant unless it's tomatoes. Tomatoes you can um, bury all the way down to the first leaves um, because they'll sprout more roots out of the stem. But some plants, if you bury the stem under the soil, they'll get like a rot at the base of the plant and then they'll just fall over and die and you don't know why and it'll be because... Like the stem just like couldn't handle it. It needed to be out in the air. So uh, that's the only advice I have for up potting. It's kind of a like, you know, it's more steps because it doesn't go straight in the garden. It goes into those pots first. Right. Um, but if your weather's good, you can take the pea pellets and put them straight into the garden. But I don't I don't put peppers and tomatoes and stuff like that out until like June here because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it's going to be warm enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And our last frost date is usually around like Memorial Day, so it'll be a while before a lot of my stuff can go outside, and that's okay. Yeah, I just have so, to up pot. <laughs> yeah, up pot, and I love those compostable pots because those just get buried straight yeah. into the garden too. So then you're not doing like any root shock or having to worry about you know like separating plants. I had like roots get all intertwined, and thinning is so hard too. I'm so bad at it. I always try to save both when I accidentally have two sprout, and I usually end up killing both on accident <laughs> when I should have just killed one and let one be the clear winner. <laughs> Nobody wins. <laughs> yeah, nobody wins when I try to save everybody. <laughs> Why can't I learn? <laughs> so speaking of plants and up pot, sounds like you have a new house for that activity coming your way. Yes. So I've had my greenhouse in the barn for like two months now. <laughs> I'm so sad because the weather has not been cooperating. So I haven't actually been able to build it. So I have like the base to it all built because we wanted to see what the footprint looked like. So Mm -hmm. we could like mark off our space in the yard and stuff for it. So it's just sitting in the barn and we have to step over it every time we go do chores. (laughs) And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I need like a week without rain so that they can come bring like the excavators and stuff because installing it is no joke and like you don't have to go through all of the all of the work that we're doing to put in a greenhouse people put them straight on the ground all the time but we bought one that has like a metal frame and like the plexiglass walls and stuff so it's like a real like kit greenhouse and my concern is 
if a part of the ground like sinks, you know, in too much water or whatnot, or it gets like waterlogged and then there's gaps underneath the base, mm-hmm. then when we have those 70 mile an hour winds, oh. a little wind can get under there and then it just like destroys the whole greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we're not going to go through all this trouble of ordering and building this really nice greenhouse just to have it destroyed by the wind. So right. we're having a, a spot like they're going to cut. 12, a 12 by 12 patch of sawed out and then we're gonna put like a foot of uh rock down to mm. like create a pad that has like drainage in it and then we've got these like big anchors that are gonna get installed in it get anchored by concrete and then the greenhouse is getting anchored to those like tube things like down into the ground like several feet under so Hopefully it'll be here for forever, but you know, I don't have control over the weather, but I figured right. <laughs> if we were going to do it, like let's do, do it, it right. right. Yeah. But it's so much more expensive this way and I have to wait for it. So I was like, I'm not going to get to use my greenhouse until fall, but oh well. <laughs> At least it'll be done right though. <laughs> it will. It'll be done right. So I won't have to do it a bunch. And it's only, it's, it's only an eight foot by eight foot greenhouse. We started with the smallest one, but now that like we've had to wait so long for it, I'm like, dang it, I should just upgrade it and a bigger <laughs> one. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, I already know that I'm going to want a bigger greenhouse someday. But Jerry was like, well, when you want a bigger one, maybe we'll build the next one ourselves. But oh, there you like, go. building things from scratch is like way easier said than done. Right. But you'd probably have it by now. Yeah, that's true. Like once we build one, we'll be able to kind of like figure out, you know, like what works with it and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I feel like a kit was the right way to go for our first greenhouse for us because we right. just we don't have that kind of time. I'd be waiting for a whole year for a greenhouse if we decided that we were going to build it from scratch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little different for everybody else. But like you said, once you know what you're going to want, it might be easier to go that route. Mm hmm. And then I can have two different greenhouses for like two different purposes because I am starting to like get thinking about like getting a farm number so that I can like sell like microgreens and things like that, like to a local coffee shop project that I'm working on. And so like I've always got like cogs turning in my head for things to like work on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you have some more building projects coming too, right? Oh, man. Yeah. So we've been talking about extending the fence. For a couple months now and it was super nice out uh i think it was like monday i can't remember all the days blur together um but we went and marked <laughs> out like how long we want the fence to be in the shape and where the fence posts will go and i think it turned out to be like just under 50 fence posts we're gonna put in every eight feet Ooh. we're gonna need like <laughs> 500 feet of fence nice Um, so that'll be quite the project but it'll give us a separate outdoor pen for the boys and then everybody else will get the really really big pen um it'll it means that if i want an alpaca someday and can find one or two i have the space for it outside (laughs) um the cutest coop uh that we both just got uh, will live inside that fence. So those chickens will have that large fenced in area to roam around in. Um, oh, cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. So they'll be away from the birds that have the chicken herpes thing. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so as long as nobody flies over the fence. So we might have to do some wing clipping. We'll see. It's going to be four feet high. So some of the bantams might be able to get up there. 
Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, we're gonna do. We're gonna build a new goose house. Um, Matt's already got the lumber for it, so we can have more room for all the geese that I just hatched, <laughs> and that'll like face into that fenced in area too. So they'll be able to free range, but they'll help help keep the pasture under control there, because you know we're hoping that we don't have to mow. Well, I'm hoping my husband doesn't have to mow as much anymore, um, and they are. Like, geese are spectacular grass eaters. They are little lawnmowers. Are they? Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. All I need to do is tell Jared that, and I'll have geese in no time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can give you, like, a few of mine. Yeah. I'll take some <laughs> I don't need geese. all mine. <laughs> um, and then also the ducks, we're going to potentially, like, the, the mastermind idea I have in my head is we're going to also use the goose house that the geese are technically in right now. Um, convert that into a duck house, put the ducks in there. And then the current duck house that has a really nice big space, because that was the original chicken coop when we moved in. Hamlet will move in there. So he'll have a roofed in outside area and we'll put up some hog panels so he can run around and stuff outside too. That's a great idea. I love it. I like how everything just kind of like sort of evolves as you learn more about like Mm -hmm. what works best for your animals in your space because you just have no idea when you first get them. So like starting off with the perfect setup is kind of one of those dreams that can't ever really actually become reality because you just don't know how it's all going to function together until you jump in and do it. And if you, you know, start off with two goats, a small (laughs) conservative fenced in space makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you still have to mow it. But now we're up to 10 adults, three bucklings and a doling. Yeah. (laughs) So hopefully we can be down to one buckling, one doling. Um, And that will be a little more manageable. And we'll have plenty of space for them now. Because right now it's like they just all hang out in this like kind of smallish outside area and they do fine out there. They're having fun. They're running around. They're headbutting. But when I'm thinking of like extending it 500 feet worth of fence, like they're going to have so much more space. Oh, yeah. And it'll cut down on your feed costs, too, because they'll graze. Exactly. So, yeah, during the summer. Yeah. Grass, getting everybody like switched over to grass during the summer is a huge just like feed weight off of my shoulders. Yeah. I mean, you still have to make sure everybody's like reaching their nutritional value and stuff like that. And I supplement with a few things, but grass is everybody's majority diet Mm -hmm. here during the summertime. Yeah. Right now we go through like a bale a day. Oh my gosh. That's so much hay. So I'm hoping we can cut that back and just do like a leaf of it at night for them, you know, to pick out if they want it. Even though like with the weather kind of being a little wonky up and down, I've noticed when it's warmer, they're not eating nearly as much. Yeah. So I'm hoping that'll be an easy transition for them to make. So I don't know exactly when we're going to start that project. We got to rent a post hole digger. Because I'm not, we're not doing that manually. You're not going to do it manually? We have like an no. auger. Well, we don't have it. We borrow it from my father-in-law every now and then. But it's like an auger post hole digger. So it yeah. is manual. But you just twist it and it like goes straight down. And right. And that feels a little more manageable like for the, you know, like the big heavy duty posts. And then we yeah. use uh, T posts for all of the in-between, the big heavy duty ones. That way we can cut down on the number of holes we have to drill. Right. 
So we're going to do 25 that we need to dig for. Oh, my gosh. And then 35 of the T-posts. Yeah, that's a lot. So the stuff, the fence part that faces the road, we're going to keep that with our current look and feel. Yeah. Um, which is nicer and has nice, like, borders on the top and bottom. Um and then the back end stuff, we're just like, yeah, that's going to be T-posts. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that's what that's how our pasture is, too. Our front one looks, like, all fancy and is, like, for horses and it's all Instagram where they yeah. And then the back is, like, uh, four by this four welded yeah. wire. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're actually – we get to leverage along the back line four by four welded wire and T-posts that are already there. Oh, and good. I went and, like, leaned up against it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is still sturdy. That's good enough, yeah. <laughs> I lean real hard on it. And I'm heavier than my heaviest goat, so yeah. we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, our our pasture fence that was here existing has been here for, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Percy and the donkeys are, like, abusing it, and it's holding up and doing just fine. So. Oh, good. Yep. Sam and I are so excited to partner with our very first coop company, Cutest Coops. Yes. And we spent some time painting and assembling our brand new Charming Coops. The Charming Coop is the smallest coop from Cutest Coops and has been carefully engineered to have the easiest assembly on the market, generally only taking one to two people. This coop is only available unassembled and unpainted, but it's pre-primed and ready to go. And it offers a spacious interior, high-quality weather-resistant materials, and comes with their signature clean-out-the-coop door that allows for easy cleaning. This coop has a 4x4 footprint, so this makes it perfect for smaller spaces, city living, or a small pandemic project for the family. The coop is ideal for 6 to 8 large breed chickens or up to 10 to 12 bantams or silkies, so this is the perfect way to start your flock with a coop that is built to last. All of the cutest coops are Amish built and will last so much longer than most other options on the market today. So check them out at cutestcoops.com and use code COOPANDFARM to get $100 off your coop. So yeah, we both have been tackling the same last project together. We have been, and it's been a really fun project. Like, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I... Have two. I'm just ready to get mine painted. So obviously you guys just heard the ad for cutest coops and Bev and I spent the last few days putting ours together and painting. The paint situation has been a little weird in Michigan right now. Yeah. I mean, that's Um, not your fault, though. (laughs) No, but Matt did go to our smaller hardware store and get me exactly what I needed the other day because he's amazing. And I have complexes about going into places I've never gone before and like doing things I've never done before. And sometimes that's just highlighted when my anxiety is higher and my anxiety is higher on and off because of what's going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, And him telling me like the day a couple days before that it was super crowded in that hardware store. I was like, well, that kind of and that's where what gets me is like I'm forced to go somewhere more crowded because of this blanket rule that a bigger store can't sell it. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'll wait. But he was I think he got excited helping me put it together. Oh, good. Maybe because he really did most of the work. <laughs> I stripped three screws like right out of the gate and I'm like swearing and the wall is heavy. <laughs> so I definitely recommend it being like a two person project. But if you're like, 
if it's not windy, because it was windy here when we did it. Oh, if it's yeah. not windy, you can probably handle it by yourself, but I could not. Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't pick up some of the panels by myself. Um, but part of that is just like my personal back issue. So right. I don't know right. that it necessarily is because of my strength. It was. It's just because like I don't want to hurt myself trying to do this by myself. Who am I proving this to? I don't have to. I have a helper. <laughs> yeah. I do want to point out, too, that I did consume two beers while we did this. So did Matt. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So we did that, which might have slowed down us, slowed us down a little bit. But I would say, like, we didn't get to the point of putting up the trim because I wanted to keep that off to paint that first and, like, paint everything else while it's standing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it took us about two hours to get most of it assembled. But I still have a little bit to go because I didn't put the coop ramp in and I didn't um, secure all the roost bar situation yet. And like I said, I got paint the trim and put it up. But I feel like that's not going to take me too much longer. Yeah, probably not. Uh, our whole build start to finish because I did I actually did like the whole thing in one day. Um, yeah. But I painted all of my pieces beforehand because I had the paint on hand already because I had already picked it up before the coop got here. It took approximately three hours start to finish. Um, but we also did, um, we probably tripled the screws in it because we used our own like star head mm. screws. When you told me that you had uh, stripped the Phillips head ones, I was like, I have a whole container of three inch like star head screws. So let's use these instead. <laughs> so we used those and um, doubled them because we have those 70 mile an hour winds every now and then. And there's not a huge wind block in the place where I put it. So I was like, hey, this thing is clearly like really solid and really well built. Let's just tack it in a few extra places to like make yeah. sure that the wind can't like do anything to it. So we spent a little extra time doing that. Um, and I also did like the whole interior and all of the like exterior pieces and whatnot. So the coop build was about an hour and 45 minutes. And then all the interior stuff was about an hour to an hour and 15 mm. and I have it on video. So like I can actually look at the timestamp and like see exactly what it <laughs> took us. And we did have a uh, one spot where we had to stop though. It was really funny. Like, so we had one wall up and it was in place and I was, and Jared was holding it and I was getting ready to drive it in. And um, we hear this commotion and we like stop and stand up and look. And I'm like, Oh my God, Percy got the feeder stuck on his head. So Aww. he had this bunk feeder uh, hooked on his horns and he's bucking and running through the pasture. So I'm oh holding the God. wall. Jared looks and stops and runs, just like runs for it. And it's all on video, him like jumping over the fence. And then like he goes off camera because oh Percy wasn't <laughs> in the shot. And I was like, oh, I so wish Percy was in the shot. So it was okay. kind of hilarious. So I'm just like standing there holding the wall. And like, Jared looks behind him and he's like, why aren't you coming to help? And I'm like, I'm I'm holding a wall up like I I literally like I can't do anything. <laughs> I didn't want to like break it or anything. So <laughs> so we had that distraction. But all in all, I'm really happy though with like the time that it took and how it went together in the long run. Um, because like like I said, I, I think it's pretty solid and it's built to last. So like the amount of time it takes to build it isn't necessarily all that important to me personally yeah. I guess yeah because it, this isn't this isn't a comment on anything negative I just think it's funny for me personally I think the size of this one 
It reminds me of a really, really nice outhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because it's it's like a really good size. It's spacious to get the job done. Um, but it's really fancy compared to just like four pieces of plywood. Or some other things on the market that might be a little flimsier. Like I have some other coops in my yard that my husband won on random online auctions that after two years, they're starting to like break down and sag. Yeah. Not going to have a problem with this one. And those coops probably took about the same amount of time to put together, honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They're not super easy to put together, um, depending on what you get, obviously. Yeah. But like this one, I know it's going to last a very, very long time. So it like it didn't upset me that much that it took a little longer than I expected it to. Because <laughs> like when you when you unpackage it, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad at all. But, you know, when you're taking the extra care of adding in extra screws or just trying to familiar, familiarize yourself with like the order of how to put it together, um, it's really not that bad. And it's super cute. So oh, cute. Yeah, it is. It's so cute. And in fact, I was really happy with the build too. So I actually did most of the building because I really wanted to. Um, cause it's something that I've been like wanting to learn how to do. And it just like I feel like whenever Jared and I start to work on a project together, like it just takes so long to do like all the prep and the planning and all the other things that by the time we actually get to the builds, like there's no energy to like coach me through like how to make sure that I'm doing all the things right. So then he just ends up doing it and I hand him <laughs> the pieces and I'm just like the helper and the instructor and like the hander and the holder. Um, but because we didn't have to do any of like the pre stuff for this, we got to just like dive right in to the actual project mm-hmm. and start it. So I was able to do pretty much almost all of it. I didn't do like, I didn't tack down the roof pieces and like some of the other things and things that required a ladder. I didn't do cause I don't, um, actually don't like balancing anymore. I'm not very good at it because my back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't do anything where like I might have to like, you know, hold steady on something that might be unsteady. And also uh, we switched something up a little bit in the instructions. We used a pneumatic staple gun to put the trim on, you know, because it's really fast. It's just like pow, 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 pow. And it puts all the trim up really fast. Um, But I struggled with the pneumatic staple gun. (laughs) So we got that on video too. (laughs) Like I kept, like I'd pull the trigger and like five staples would fly out of it. And then it like swing back and like hit me. I'm like, I don't know how to use this thing. And Jared's like, what is wrong with you? You just pulled the trigger. Just pull it once. And I'm like, I am pulling it once, but it's like a semi-automatic like <laughs> staple gun. Oh so he gosh. had to put the trim up too. Cause after like the fifth, like quadruple staple, I was like, that's it. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too loud. I don't like it. It's like me <laughs> stripping this third screw and I'm like, I quit. I'm done. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was that in the like hardware bag, it came with the bits you need to use. Yeah, it did, which I was really excited about. I didn't notice that, so oh. that was part of my issue. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. So I thought I had looked at everything close enough, but I had not. Oh. <laughs> so Matt pointed that out, and then, yeah, he just kind of took over at that point. Yeah, he's like, you're frustrated. I can yeah. see this. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It is done. It just needs to be painted on our end. So I'm excited. And then both of us are going to allow our My Pet Chicken chicks to reside in those coops once they're old enough. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. I might actually brood my chicks in it when they get to be like a couple weeks old. Because there's no other hens in it. So there's no reason why they can't brood in there. 
like as long as I've got power for their sweeter heater and stuff. So that's kind of what I'm leaning for, especially because I was in there yesterday. I'm painting the inside um, because like this is going to be the bougiest chicken house ever. Um, And also (laughs) because I didn't have to do any of like the other building and planning stuff. I feel like I have mental space to like plan decorating it. Mm-hmm. Like, does that make sense? Like, sure. I'm not I'm not exhausted by the project because I didn't have to do any of the other stuff. Right. I literally just had to paint it and put it together. So I get to, like, use my extra energy on, like, the creative juices and stuff for it. So I was in there painting. Um, and it is solid. Like, it was raining and windy and, like, awful. But I was, like, all warm and cozy and, like, snug in it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, the chicks can totally brood in here. I just have to get... Um, I just have to get an extension cord out to it for the sweeter heater and then we'll be good. So yeah, I'm super excited about this coop. As soon as I saw one, I was like, I have to have one of these coops. I don't know what it is about it, but I absolutely want one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, those are our pandemic projects. So if you have anything fun going on, you can share that with us via email at drinkinform at gmail.com or you can throw it into our Facebook group for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, we'd love to hear about them for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. And Bev, I'm interested to know what you can't even this week. So I can't believe that farm animals are making the rounds at a Wahoo nursing home. And Wahoo is in Nebraska. Neither of us are in Nebraska. Um, But I stumbled across this article and I just thought it was super cute and like good newsy. And I'm just I'm all about the good news right now because I just literally can't handle bad news. (laughs) Yeah. And good news is a little harder to come across. But I'll read you a little piece of this article. So nursing homes and assisted living centers are working on the front lines to keep some of the most vulnerable safe during the pandemic. And in order to keep the residents entertained, a Wahoo nursing home enlisted the help of some four-legged friends, both big and small. So this place is called Safe Haven Living Center, and they had to lock down and restricted visitors six and a half weeks ago. So they're completely rethinking how they do like resident engagements and like do things for the residents. And so this week they invited farm animals to visit the residents. And they said, we just went up to each window with the farm animals and then the residents just lit up. And (laughs) there were some of them that had some help standing at the window so that they could like see them better and really enjoy them. And their visitors included two horses, a pony, a goat, and a dog so that they could bring smiles to the residents' faces. And I was like, I just, I loved all of that. And it reminded me of something that, like, a lot of people are doing, like, you know, the farm animals for the Zoom meetings. Like, you brought a baby goat to one of your work Zoom meetings, right? No, I just took a picture in the barn because we have spirit days. Oh, okay. So it's pajama day, so I put on my chicken onesie and (laughs) held on to her and put her in, like, some pajamas that were still way too big for her. Oh. And took a picture. And we won pajama day, by the way. Yeah. So... But just, like, things like that bring smiles to people and just, like, a little extra joy. And I'm doing something for one of our our, uh, 
listeners asked me if I had uh, bring Herc to a Zoom meeting for their classroom <laughs> of like first graders through third graders. So I'm going to do that tomorrow or today because it's the day that the episode drops. And I'm really excited about that. I don't have internet over in the pasture, so I have to decide how I'm going to do it. But I'll work that out. And in fact, I might bring Jupe instead of Herc because Jupe's actually better behaved than Herc is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll bring a donkey and I get to like tell first through third graders all about it. And I'm really excited because like the little it's the little things that you can do to bring joy to somebody else that are just like everything right now. So what's your can't even this week? So mine is from the website thedad.com. I don't really <laughs> even know what that is, but <laughs> But I came across this article, and the title is Son Builds Tractor Lift for 89-Year-Old Farmer Dad. Oh. So, obviously, if you're 89, you're going to have a difficult time getting into a tractor. And uh, this guy is not really standing, walking, or climbing steps at all. But because of this lift, he can get in the tractor, and he can get out there and cut hay and plant soybeans. So... I just thought it was really heartwarming that his son went to the trouble to install this lift for him so his dad could still get out and do the farm thing, which makes him the happiest. Oh, I love that. Yes. And there are a lot of like studies out there and stuff about how if as you age, you stay active physically or even mentally, it can help you live longer. So... I thought that was really good way to keep him active and engaged. And I'm sure if my grandpa <laughs> could be in the seat of a tractor again, instead of being in his chair all the time, um, feeling really tired, that he that would make him much happier too. So it kind of just made me think of that and warmed my heart and all that fun stuff. So it's a cute article and there is a little video in the article. So we'll put that in the show notes so you can go check it out. Oh, Yeah. Don't forget that you can send us your can't evens in our Facebook group or via Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email um, at drinkandfarmatgmail.com because we do like to talk about those in our mini-sodes and we're always looking for fun stuff on the internet, especially right now. (laughs) It's harder to come by. So if you find something, send it to us. Yeah, those mini-sodes are a lot of fun. They're just like a really big like bright patch in my week. I wish we could do more of them. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, be sure and leave us a review because uh, we're going to read our favorite Apple podcast review of the week on the podcast. And if we read your review, we enter you into a drawing for a super cool drink and farm mug that is not and will never be in our shop. So it's very, very exclusive. So you want to go do that if you haven't le- left us a review yet. And this week's review is from Chell's Tip via Apple Podcasts in the U.S. And she titled her review, Enablers. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, I just want to complain and praise you ladies for continuing to feed my poultry addiction, my obsession with over-researching every single new addition I bring on my farm. And for inspiring me to focus, inspire me to try new booze each week. Thanks for all the laughs and all the great info. Cheers, chicks. Cheers. Yeah. I'm so glad we're so inspirational and enabling. Uh, Me too. (laughs) I mean, when we first started this, it never occurred to me that we could enable people to live out their best chicken and poultry and farm (laughs) dreams. I love it. It brings my heart joy. 
And as we mentioned earlier, Coop Camp 2020 has been rescheduled to August 7th through 9th, but it is in the same spot um, right outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. We will have a coupon code coming shortly, but if you want to go snag your tickets now, just put like in the notes that we sent you and they'll they'll get you squared away. Yeah, with, for sure. With your uh, dollars off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but as soon as we have that code, we'll put it in our Facebook group. Um, so make sure if you're not in the Facebook group, you join that so you can see it right away. Yes. And Drink and Farm has a phone number now. It's 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM. Call and leave us a voicemail with your farm story, your can't even, a question. Or if you just want to like chat into the void and have us listen to it, do that too. <laughs> We won't answer, we swear. It's just a voicemail. It doesn't even ring on my phone. It just, yep. I just see when you leave a voicemail. (laughs) So hit the subscribe button and down the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on the Instagram and your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm because we'll send you a promo code just for this episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop. And we're running down the clock on the punk rock chickens shirt that mm. goes away on april 30th you don't want to miss it it's it, it's one of my favorites i love it it's such a cool shirt me too make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles uh can't even type things that we discussed today a survey to tell us how we're doing which is totally anonymous and all of our social media and merch goodness so yeah that's it guys that's it thanks for listening We hope you enjoyed us chatting about the projects that we're working through right now because I know we had fun sharing them with you. And maybe we inspired you to do something else on your farm. Yeah. Or enabled you. That's okay, too. There you go. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Drink. Farm. And and give give zero clucks. Bye, guys. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Guys, Grubbly's has feed now. What? Yes, the Grubbly Layer Feed is the world's first naturally balanced feed made with farm-grown insect protein and plant-based ingredients, empowering you to feed your flock the way nature intended. No fish, no soy, no fillers. With a healthy mix of grub and plant-based protein, essential amino acids, vitamins, and minerals, your feathered family will stay strong, healthy, and happy. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order.